You've tuned into Omega Church. We are a people hungry to encounter God through worship and His Word, being witnesses to the world around us. We pray this teaching blesses you and trust God will reveal Himself to you in a new way today. And if you need prayer for healing or breakthrough, or to find out more about Omega, head to our website or Facebook page through the links below. Let's make our usual proclamation, eh? The kingdom of God is within me. More convincing. With faith. Do you believe it? The kingdom of God is within me. Amen. Oh, well, um, that was a great time of worship. Um, I really enjoy God's presence. And, uh, and that's the reason we come in. I'm sure you haven't come to hear me anyway. You know, we want to meet with God. That's the whole reason we gather together and to really experience his presence. Um, I really want to draw on um, what uh, John and Haley spoke about uh, last week and the week before, and especially, uh, you know, because sometimes we find it very difficult to get into God's presence. We, you know, it's, it's, it's a foreign place for us. It's mysterious. Um, it just seems like we don't get into the place of really experiencing him. Um, and there's, there's many reasons for that, um, which I'll share in a minute. But one of them, you know, obviously John spoke about is sometimes, you know, when, like with, with Achan, you know, he, he hid in his tent in that hidden place, uh, something that prevented Israel from having victory. It affected the whole nation. Uh, and we can have that even as a church, that there can be hidden things in our lives that really affect us getting into God's presence because that's where the victory is. It's in the spirit. Um, it's not in our individualistic selves. It's in the spirit. And do we really recognize the presence of Jesus when he's here? Do we know, do we sense him? Do we know when he's close? Can we hear his words? Do we know his words? Because, you know, we, we can feel things when we come to church. You know, we can get all emotional. You know, our soul can feel certain things. And we can feel the presence of God. But do we recognize the presence of the glory of Jesus? And sometimes that can be two different things. Because what's one thing that we're experiencing something on our body and our body's responding. But really when he comes and reveals himself, it's glorious. You know, you've, just, you've got to respond. In some way, you know, sometimes it just might be being silent. Sometimes it's erupting in praise. And I believe the days are coming, you know, where we're really going to know God's presence in a far greater way. You know, um, I mean, down the back there, I just had to let it out. I just had to praise. Just had to, you know, oh, I could just felt the freedom coming. But a lot of us in this place are very, very trapped. We're shut down. We don't really understand who we are in Christ. And that's a big thing. And sometimes we've just got to let out a shout as they, you know, when they went around the walls of Jericho, there came a moment they were to remain silent until that specific day where they were to shout and then the walls came down. And it's just knowing that time, you know, to let out that shout. And that shout can only come through the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's all there is to it. Um... But the important thing is that we need to know, not just be informed. You know, we can read the Word of God for information, and many of us do. But we, we're to read the Word of God for encounter, not just information. It's two completely different things. 
I'm only just learning this recently, and I've been a Christian for quite a long time. I'm just uh, reading the book of Romans, or not reading the book of Romans at the moment, I'm memorising Romans chapter 8, being very diligent in that. And um, I was just reading it one day, I had to really slow down and just really think about what was written. And when I really, really believed that, is this true of me? The realm of the spirit opened up. And I realised I was reading with my spirit, I was engaging my spirit in the word of God. And that's what the Word of God is supposed to do. It's not just to inform our mind, in which it does, but it's to link our spirit with our mind, get that connection going that we might read it from our spirit. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Amen. Thank you for that. Amen. <clears throat> anyway, let's chuck this down here. Um, I mean, the best place that we might know God's presence is obviously drawing near in prayer. I think that's the most vital thing. I mean, we can have Bible studies. The devil doesn't mind people having Bible studies, but when people come together and pray, that's when things break out. That's when opposition begins. Um, and a lot of people don't like getting together to pray because of that very reason. And it becomes very, very inconvenient to pray, knowing that we're going to face that sort of opposition. But when we know who we are in Christ, that we actually do have victory, that we are a victorious people, that we can stand. I mean, God intends his house to be a house of joy, a house of prayer. That's what he says, I will make them joyful in my house of prayer. <clears throat> See, um, God's presence is a place of joy. Isn't that right? I mean, when you get into God's presence, I mean, it's wonderful being in that place. It is. It really is. And God intends us to have joy at all times. Um, so we really need to know what it is to draw near. So we're just uh, not just in our heads. We need to know this by experience. Uh, I want to read out uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. <clears throat> for this reason, this is in the Amplified Version, for this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that Father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself, indwelling your innermost being and personality. May Christ, through your faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love, founded securely on love, and that may that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. What is the breadth and length and height and depth of it? That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Now to him, 
who by in consequence of the action of his power Never hands free mic is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far above far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers desires thoughts hopes or dreams to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever amen so be it that is a wonderful portion of scripture don't you want to be a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's what God's called us to as a church, as a people. Because, I mean, we are his body here upon the earth. We truly are. And uh, he wants to fill us to the fullest extent. You know, God hasn't called individuals. He's called a body. He's called a bride to himself. You know, the, the things that God has prepared for us are beyond anything that we can ever imagine. And we've got to know this by his presence. You know, we, we can't, you know, the Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But these things he's revealed to us by his spirit. And we need to know it by spirit, not just the intellect. So really what I want to talk about this morning is God wants to take us far deeper. You know, we, we, we just don't understand what he has prepared for us far more than we <clears throat> come together here on Sunday. I don't know if you guys believe for more, but I'm, I'm getting challenged and stirred to believe for so much more. I mean, when I first got saved, I saw some stuff and it hasn't happened for a long time. And I have God's saying, you need to begin to fan that flame that's within you. I've put everything within you for revival in fact you are the revival we are the revival <clears throat> sometimes what are we waiting for are we waiting for the mighty rushing wind that john spoke about which is very true got to realize that we're the ones born of the spirit you know jesus said the wind blows where it wishes you see the effects of it you don't know where it comes from or where it goes we are the ones that are born of the spirit we're born of this wind so we need that wind to come you know we need to fan it the Holy Spirit will fan that flame, but we need to be in agreement with exactly what he says about us, what's true of us, who he's called us to be, that power that's at work within us. When we begin to see that, we're going to begin to rise up as the body of Christ. And, you know, it says, <clears throat> let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And that word spur actually means provoke into a place of irritation. So that's what I'm going to do this morning. I'm going to irritate you. I might say some things that you don't like, um, but I don't mean to offend anybody. I want to encourage people this morning because there's so much more in God. I mean, when we come to get here together, quite often, you know, um, there is a ceiling, what I call a ceiling um, in the spirit. Not, not a ceiling that's really there, because um, do you find sometimes, you know, God, where are you? Anyone get that? You know, I, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm called to ascend. But, you know, there seems to be something between you and me. And that's what I call a ceiling. But really, you know, how high is that ceiling? You know, what is the ceiling that we want to elevate? What do we want to blow off? Where is that ceiling? It's right here. 
that's where it is in our head. And uh, that's really what I want to confront this morning according to the word of God. It's that we might know, that we might know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, mere, you know, mere intellectual knowledge. We need to know this love by experience. And that word know, in the Greek it's ginosko. I don't know if I'm saying it right. But uh, that is actually what they call the Jewish idiom for sexual intercourse. It's knowing in such a deep way, a very intimate way, you know, the, the highest expression of human love, if you will, you know, that produces life, the life of another. Uh, and we're, we're called to know the love of Christ, that intimate love, which is far deeper than any human love, you know, spirit to spirit, you know, that produces that life. That's what God wants to reveal in and through us. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> I might just pray right now, just a minute. Because what I want you guys to do, I don't want you to just really necessarily to hear me. I want you to engage your spirit this morning and hear the word of God. So fix your eyes on Jesus. I'm just going to pray. So let's really just believe for something beyond what I'm saying this morning. You know, we want to hear the word of God for encounter. Oh, Father, Lord, we fix our eyes on you this morning. Lord, we want to thank you for your goodness. Lord, we want to thank you for an open heaven. Lord, we want to thank you that you are nearer than what we know. Nearer. Lord, so we draw near this morning. Lord, knowing, Lord, that you've given us, Lord, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge, through the knowledge of you, through the knowledge of your word. Oh, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you've called us in glory and virtue. I thank you, Lord, for your spirit within us. Lord, that we might know the hope of your calling. Father, we pray, Lord, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation today. Lord, that we might know the hope of your calling. What are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead and you made him to sit at your right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And you gave him to be head over all things to the church. You placed all things under his feet. And Lord, that we are your body, your very fullness in which you fill all and all. That we might understand, Lord, that the church is the ground and pillar of truth in the earth today. Open our eyes, Lord, to the open heaven, Lord, that we have in our midst. Lord, that we might be everything, Lord, that you've called us to be. Amen. <clears throat> so what I'm really saying is we, most of us, Lord, we, we, we don't get it. We don't really get what God's called us to be. And that's why we want to know it by spirit. So we need to know our identity in Christ. And uh, quite often if we don't, if we don't really understand, if, we, if God is not satisfying us, it's very easy to turn to other things to satisfy. And, and whether that be something like Achan that he hides under his tent, uh, it's very easy to turn aside um, to business, to relationships, to movies, uh, anything that captures our attention. And really what I want to say to that, what are you interfacing? 
What are you interfacing? Are we drawing from the Lord and the realm of the Spirit, or are we drawing from the natural realm? What have we set our affection on? What's capturing our attention? Which is very, very important. And I think <clears throat> when we draw near, we need to have uh, an earnest expectation that we're really going to meet with God. Is it true what he says of us? Is it true the plans that he has for us? So really we want to see what is the remedy in order that we might really draw near. Because many of us don't know how to enter in. Because if we did, there would be an eruption of praise in this place. There would be. There would be joy. People would just, whoa, what's going on there? See, what happened on the day of Pentecost when that mighty rushing wind came? They were infilled with the Spirit and the expression caught the people's attention. Now they were speaking with other tongues and they were declaring God's praise with other tongues, which they recognized because they came from different nations, yet that they were Jews. They just had different languages. But the thing was, you know, and the people were saying they were, they, they're drunk, you know, at nine o'clock in the morning. And Peter goes, come on, no, it's only nine o'clock in the morning, you know, but we're filled with the Holy Spirit. This is that which is promised by the prophets. You know, I mean, I want to come to church to get drunk, don't you? You know, don't you want to be filled with the Spirit? I mean, it says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And that's the promise, you know. It's, it's joy. In His presence is the fullness of joy. Okay. <clears throat> Probably what I'm emphasizing is really, you know, is... is we need to learn this place of prayer in a far greater way. We need to learn this connection with, that we have with God. I mean, Jesus says, you know, all you that labor and are heavy laden, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. So we need to know what it is to be truly yoked with him. What, what are some of the things that hold us back from truly entering in? The first thing is we don't really understand who we are in Christ or who he, who he is in us, um, quite often we come on the basis of our own terms and conditions. Uh, a big one is we don't really exercise faith and our feelings govern what truth is. That's a big one. Uh, it's not convenient for us. Uh, we're pre preoccupied by other things, other affections. Uh, not recognizing that there's so much more that God actually has for us to pursue after. Uh, fear of others, in a corporate sense of drawing near, quite often we, we, we don't give expression to what's going on because we're worrying about what people think. And if we worry about what people think, we don't really recognize who we are in Christ. Sin is obviously one that we are, I mean, I mean, church talks about that a lot. And that can really, you know, because there can be that great sense of condemnation that comes upon us. Uh, but yes, sin will stop us from entering into the presence of God. One big thing is a wrong perception of God's requirements of us. And that's not really understanding who we are. The requirements that he's met in the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, here's another one. This is probably one that I want to look at a little bit. A, familiar, a, a familiarity that you know, everything is so familiar, this is the way it is, this is the way it's all been, and it's never, ever going to change. 
So quite often we just stop. We don't tend to go past you know, our feelings of who we are. We don't allow ourselves to be stretched out. We don't allow ourselves to actually wait on the presence of God. If he's not coming to meet us in our time, we just turn aside to do something different, something else that's going to distract our mind rather than allowing ourselves to be cleared, to become still and really allow the presence of God to come. That's what I mean by earnest expectation where he comes to meet with us. And sometimes we've got to really be still and wait for him. Sometimes we can be so busy in prayer, you know, then God's about to speak. We've taken off because we've done everything. We've done our ramblings. Uh, another thing that can prevent that, uh, us coming into God's presence is a curse, or a big one here is unforgiveness or offence. If we hold offence towards anybody, that, that's big. It doesn't matter who it is. If there's an offence in our life, it's very, very difficult to get in God's presence. But um, really what I want to focus on this morning is what it is to, to draw near in a collective sense as the body of Christ, like as we've gathered here today. Um, because we need to be of one mind, we need to be of one heart, we need to be of one spirit, we need to be of one faith. And everyone here has got an opinion, everybody in here has a distraction. Uh, but this is why we come here, you know, to spur one another onto love and good works in the person of Jesus Christ. So we need to know him more. Um, I mean, some of us might not even know, okay, what are we drawing near to? You know, what's the expectation? You know, what's the ceiling that needs to be blown out of the way? Really, what has God prepared for us? Is it just a church meeting? Is this the be all and end all? Is that what people think? We know that this. I know that everyone in here knows there's so much more, but the frustration is, how do we get that about? You know, are we waiting on God to do something, or are we that something? Okay. I really want to talk about um, the reason why the Holy Spirit's given, probably in a different sense than you may have seen it for a while. But in John 14, Jesus gives the reason why the, the Holy Spirit came. Basically, really, it's that we might be where he is. And that is something that we need to seek. You know, it just doesn't come like that. Even though we are positioned in Christ it's something that has to be sought after. So John 14, uh, verse 1. Let your heart not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas says to him, Lord, we do not know where are you going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Um, 
it's very important that we really know. Um, you know, Jesus, the disciples, it was a real mystery to them as to what was going on. He didn't really, they didn't really understand what he was saying. You know, the, quite often they say, well, you say, where I'm going, you cannot come. But afterwards you'll come and they got really confused about that. They didn't really understand that he was going to die. But he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, a place in the heavens. And quite often many of us think that, that you know, when Jesus says, I, I am coming back to you, that I might draw you to myself, that where I am you may be there also. Many people are thinking that that is the second coming. And indeed it is the second coming. But it's far more personal and far more present what he's saying. He's going, I'm going that another helper may come to you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, um, I will come again and take you to myself. And the, really the reason the Holy Spirit came was to actually draw us into that place where Jesus is, that where he is, we might be there also. Uh, verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, that he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and we will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. And see, Jesus comes to us in the person of his Holy Spirit. See, when he was with the disciples, he was there in an outward location. Um, and he couldn't be everywhere at once. But when he comes in the Holy Spirit, he's what we call omnipresent. And he can be everywhere at once. <clears throat> he can be in heaven and he can be in you all at once. Do you believe that? Great. That's good. Because he said that where I am, you may be also. See, what I want to do what I'm really trying to say is bridging that gap between earth and heaven. Jesus said to Nathaniel, I think it was Nathaniel, you shall see heaven open and the son of uh, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. So he saw that staircase that uh, back in the Old Testament that Jacob when he fell asleep he had a dream. And he saw the angels of God ascending and descending upon this ladder. But Jesus says, I am that ladder. And the angels of God, the angels of revelation, will ascend and descend upon me. See, the more that we learn of him, the more that we draw near. The more that we learn in the word of God about Jesus, the more that we draw near. So it's really important that we know him. I mean... Philip says, uh, you know, just show us the Father, you know, show us God, and that will be sufficient for us. And Jesus says, you know, have I been with you so long? You know, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, you know, because Jesus has exhibited his very characteristics. I mean, I'm sure Philip wanted to see all the glory of God and everything, but what, he, what Jesus was drawing his attention to is, if you see me, I'm about to send the Spirit, and he will draw you into that place. 
See, we can know what it is to be in heavenly places. Because the Bible says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So we have boldness to draw near into his very presence. But we have to be bold in order to do so. Um, in Ephesians, it says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is the law of commandments, contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, therefore thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off, that's the Gentiles, and to those who were near, which were the Jews, for through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. And the thing is that we need to make, um, we need to take advantage of that. But do we believe that we are actually near to him to the point where we can be everything that he's called us to be? And see, my exhortation this morning is that we learn what it is to draw near in a corporate sense. And one thing, you know, the word proximity is where all the blessing comes. And what Jesus is saying when I, I, I go to the Father is that you might be in proximity to me. And not only that, is that I might be in you. But what stops that? The thing that's in the way is our heads, our minds, it's our belief system. I mean, do we believe what we see in the world? See, once again, it's what captures your affection. What captures your attention? What have you set your affection on? Is it your business? Is it work? Who's your first love? And that's what Haley was talking about last week. Do we really recognise that we may have left our first love? And, and what God's saying is, you know, I, I want you to return. In that, that's what he's saying. I want you to return unto me. I want you to be, I want me to be your first love. I want you to set your affection on me and I will draw you into heavenly places. You're going to know such blessing beyond measure. Your life is going to be absolutely transformed. I will satisfy you with living water. And that's what he wants to do. I mean, Jesus said to me, All you that thirst, come to me. And as the scriptures are said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Many of us read the scriptures, and that's all we see is the scriptures. But if we come to him, then out of our hearts will flow rivers of water. The, the scriptures bear witness to that. But we have to be bold. We really have to know who we are. And that's going to take some work. I don't want to be the same. And I know you guys don't want to be the same. I know that you know that there's so much more. And I'm really wanting to encourage your heart that, that, that he has made a way. He has prepared a way that we might boldly enter into his presence. 
And we have to believe that, but we have to step into that. And it takes an initiative that we have to, we have to make a choice to do that. Are we willing to lay aside time? Are we willing to lay aside some of the things that might distract us? It's like if we're taking up a burden of the Lord or his requirement, and if we've got stuff in our hands, we can't pick it up. And that's quite natural. So sometimes you know, we're going to have to lose really some of the things that we might be holding on to. And Jesus says, you know, who, who, he who wants to save his life will lose it, but he who loses his life for my sake will find life. And that's true Zoe life. That's, the, that's, that's God's life, not just the soul life. It's God's life. And that's where we need to be satisfied. And too many people are satisfied with natural things that fade away. And God says, I want to satisfy you with the newness of life where you will never, ever thirst again. Colossians. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 2. Let me go on with that. It's really important to know who we are in Christ. It's really important to know who he is. You know that every requirement of the law has been met in Jesus. That he is the end of the law to all those who believe. If there's any shortcoming that we experience, you've got to know that it's met in Christ. That when we were baptised, that we were clothed in Christ just as he died and rose from the dead. As we go into the waters of baptism... We're made one with him and his reality. We died this natural death. This is the way that God sees us. And when he rose up from the dead, we rose with him. So we are in that newness of life. That's true. I mean, if, if people saw that now, they'd be rejoicing with me and saying, yes, you know, the spirit would be flowing on that. It would, he, he would be flowing like a river. But once again, we don't believe it because we've not drawn near to experience it in proximity where the true knowledge of God flows because we've just settled on the written word and that's where we've stayed. I mean, Jesus said to the Jews, he said, you have the scriptures and in having them, you think you have eternal life. Yet they, these are they that testify of me, but you're not willing to come to me that you may have life. And that's what I'm talking about this morning. How are we going to come to him? Are we going to come? See, there's, there's three groups of people there. The Jews that didn't believe in him, they just trusted in the scriptures. That's all they had, their very knowledge in the scriptures. The second group that knew about Christ because they testified about him. And the third one is people that come to him, that are united with him, that where he is, there they are also. Do you get the difference in groups there? The last one is a spiritual people. And we're no longer in the flesh, that's what the book of Romans says, but we are in the spirit. We're no longer ruled by flesh. I know it's probably some of the stuff's a wee bit deep, but this is where we've got to allow the word of God to renew our minds. Because the word of God exhorts us to come into that place. You know, you are united with Christ, therefore seek those things above. And this is where I'll go into Colossians.
time is going so quick. Thank you for that warning. Um, <clears throat> for I want you to know what a great conflict I have with you and those in Laodicea, as for many as have not, not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches to the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, so we have to understand we're dealing with a mystery here that God's wanting to unfold, and it's only unfolded by spirit. And just reading the word of God itself does not unfold that mystery. That's the natural man. And whom are hidden all the riches of wisdom and knowledge. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you have therefore received Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding it in thanksgiving. See, the more that we put our roots down into him and recognize who we are in Christ, that his identity is our identity, that we're no longer of Adam. We have been crucified in the last Adam. There is a new man, a heavenly man, and that is our identity. And we need to come into agreement with that. And the agreement that we do is by drawing near on the basis of that. So when we, when we go into the heavenly place, when we come into a place of prayer, we have to realize that we're clothed in Christ. That's what God sees. That's what he rejoices in. See, God doesn't see our shortcomings. He sees the fullness of Christ within us. I did have a really good scripture in here, and I, it's not written down there, and I can't remember where it was. It's in Colossians somewhere, but I'm not going to look for that because I've only got about two or three minutes left. Now, this is a really good scripture, this one. This is Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind or your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And I want to paraphrase that a wee bit. When Christ, who is our life, is made apparent, or it's apparent that he is our life, then it will also be made apparent that you are with him in glory. Once again, many people say that this is the second coming. It's not. It's actually um, getting us into a place of a revelation of who we are in present tense, that we are with him in glory. That's what it says. If you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind, your affection on things above, not things upon the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, it will be made apparent that you are with him in glory. I had a revelation one day. Um, I mean, I'd read the scripture a lot. I didn't. I was just in a place of prayer, and I saw Christ as my life, and it changed my life. It changed my perspective. Quite often we think that God gives us life, and from a human perspective we see that because, you know, we naturally have a soul. But what we've got to see is Christ himself is our life. It's no longer I who live, but Christ 
who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. It's the most precious thing to see that he is our life. You can only see that in the spirit. I only got a quick glimpse of it, but it was enough for me to pursue this position that God has for us, that we all see it together as one. And it says after that, it says, Therefore put to death the things that are in your members upon the earth, like fornication, all these you know, nasty things. I haven't got the scripture there to read it out. don't know it off by heart. But really what that scripture is talking about, therefore, if you're from this perspective, only from this perspective are you going to be able to put to death uh, the things that are in your members upon the earth. Because it's by the Spirit we put to death the deeds of the body that we might live and have life. Um, what I really wanted to say this morning is God has called us to be a house of prayer. A house of prayer for all nations. Do you notice that you know God, the way that God characterizes his, his house is not a house of teaching, not a house of worship, but a house of prayer for all nations. Is that the preeminent factor of us as a church? Is that the preeminent factor as us as individuals? What do we comfortably find ourselves in? A Bible study? Or do we find it difficult going to a prayer meeting? Are we going to give preeminence to prayer? It's like, you know, in the book of Acts, they were given, they gave themselves to prayer for 10 days in order for the Holy Spirit to come. And they probably, they didn't leave that place. They were there in one accord. One accord, and that was for the Spirit to come. Jesus said, wait, I've commissioned you to go and do, you know, I've, I've commissioned you to go and preach the word in Jerusalem, uh, Samaria, Judea, and to the ends of the world. But wait, wait for the Spirit until you are endued with power from on high. See, a lot of people, they just went, but we want to be sent by the Spirit of God. Are we, you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to prophesy this. God is going to make this place a house of prayer. He's going to make us a house of prayer. So I'm exhorting you to prayer, to prayer together, to get past the ceiling of where we've always been, uh, the familiarity of this is all the way, this is the only thing that there is, it's all that there's going to be, that there's so much more. So if we really had our eyes open to what's going on in the realm of the Spirit, there'd be angels going by. The glory of God would be circling all over the place. Angels and seraphim and cherubim would be crying out, holy, holy, holy. I could feel that down the back there as I began to sound out. I'm not going to be shut down anymore. I'm not going to worry about what people think. I'm not going to be ashamed to give him praise. And we need to be in that place that we're building this atmosphere where we don't need to be afraid of one another. We can give expression to the giftings that God has placed within us. And we need to start exercising these things. Quite often we're waiting for, whoa, the big wind to come. You know, we're waiting for a big emphasis, you know. But quite often, you know, it's something that we've got during the week and it begins to bubble up as we begin to give them praise, as we begin to give them expression, as we begin to move with our bodies. Because we're spirit, soul and body. We're not just someone stuck there with their hands in their pockets or our arms folded. You know, we want to give expression to the glory of God, the whole being. 
If you feel a little bit uncomfortable about that, I'm not sorry, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but it's just the way it is. Because I want to see the glory of God come to this place. That's what I'm living for. And we've got camp next week, and this will begin to start to unfold as we start taking off our old garb, you know, the old nature, and put on Christ. It says, put on the armour of light, make no provision for the flesh, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's what we're going to do. We need to do that, to really understand the truth of that we've been baptised into him, that we have his life within us. Amen? Joseph, put the baby down. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we're just going to go into a time of communion now. Uh, this is a very good opportunity of drawing near. Have we got anyone to, to hand these out? Did we? Communion is my favourite favorite part of the day. I take communion every day. Not that that makes me great or anything, but I crave the presence of Jesus. I crave his revelation. And that's where I find it. I find it at the communion table more than anything, you know, where I'm just still. You can, you can hand that out while I'm talking. Do you want to just play there, Joseph? So once again, let's engage our spirit. our eyes on you. We thank you, Lord, for your beautiful presence, Lord. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your patience with us, Lord. Lord, your long-suffering. Thank you, Lord, that you see the end from the beginning. Lord, you know what we're going to be. Lord, it's already been ordained before the world began. Lord, we glorify you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, open our eyes to your glory, to your beauty, to the things that you've prepared for us. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we can have great confidence, Lord, that you're going to complete the work that you've started. Lord, you will not relent until you complete. Oh, Lord, we thank you for the things that you've prepared for us, Lord, to give us that hope and future. Lord, you've called us to your purpose, Lord, not ours. It's your good pleasure, not our good pleasure. Oh, Lord, we yield to you, and we thank you, Lord, for the life that you gave, oh, bearing us in your death, and putting your life, Lord, so within us. Lord, we thank you.
Lord, that your glory might be revealed, Lord, to this world. Thank you, Lord, that you reveal your glory within us. Thank you, Lord, that there's nothing that stands between you and us. Lord, that you've pulled down that middle wall of division. Lord, that we might boldly enter in. Thank you, Lord, that we don't look on our stature, Lord, but, Lord, we look upon you. We look upon your fullness, Lord, because we are complete in you, and we rejoice in you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you've placed all things under our feet also. Lord, that you are seated at the right hand of the Father, waiting until your enemies become your footstool. And we thank you, Lord, that we're there with you. So we praise you. We worship you. think a church service is rushed forgive me for rushing it it's not going to be like this in the future not too far away because we're going to be so filled with the presence of God you're just not going to want to go home people are going to be attracted to that once the presence of God's really flowing but look it's up to us it's up to us to start believing. It's up to us to draw near and allow that river to flow through us. People are going to be bold. People aren't going to be ashamed to share the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation. So we've got, we've got a great future, great days ahead. Amen? Great. Um, parting blessing, what's going on from here? Thanks for joining us at Omega. If you need prayer for healing or breakthrough, or simply to find out more, please head to our website or Facebook page in the links below.